I just put a phone in the middle yeah. of the table. It was like, welcome to Heart of Brunch. <laughs> Talk towards that. I feel like you I feel like you blame me. <laughs> and I feel like it's like we're doing things more professionally, not on the phone. You're like, I remember when we did this on the phone. I'm so sorry that we have mics now. I'm the asshole. <laughs> well, the worst part is I would have my phone facing up and it had a timer on it. So then everyone would just end up just staring at the timer. <laughs> yeah. Which now we just put it on the TV. Now we have the TV. Yeah. That way I have to like at least turn around uncomfortably to see what time it is. Like, oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. Uh Stay full, stay full. Spit that, spit that, spit that hot shit, Max Boots. Spit that hot shit. You haven't introduced the guest yet. So uh, hi, and welcome to the Heart of Brunch podcast. I'm your host, Dyke Michaels. With me, as always, my partner in crime, Chris King. Hello. Very special last minute guest this week. You didn't have to say that. Why would you downplay him? As before he gets out of the gate, like, we called him at the last second. He wasn't doing anything at all. He had nothing going on, and he showed up. Why would you undercut him before he even starts even talking? Ever since you guys started this, I keep my Sundays open just in case this happens. <laughs> Max Boots, welcome to the program. Thanks for having me last second. <laughs> Max Damn. Boots, uh... We have all, I don't, we've never actually worked together, but we've worked uh, around each other for the better part of the past 10 years. Yes. You, yeah. me, and Chris King. Yeah. All together. You guys used to be roommates. Right. You've done uh, every, almost every job in the industry, right? From server to bartender to. Back of house, front of house, sales, you name it. I've, yeah. I've done most of it. Jack of all trades. Yes, I was, I was saying uh, off air, uh, I, I think that Boots has the career path that you hope for if you want to stay in the industry. So we started uh, serving at a wing Kitchen, place. Kitchens. <laughs> kitchen? Were you at the kitchens kitchen? in high school. Kitchen. Jesus. Yeah. yeah. And then, and then, yeah. And, and honestly, aggr- aggressively moving through your career of like, well, it's almost like every year or two years you're moving up. Yep. Almost, almost you can set your watch to it. Of moving. My plan. Yeah. yeah it's freaking uh, awesome. Hopefully every two years. So yeah, started kitchens when I was 15, 18, started serving. Um, 21 bartending, 22 started selling fine wines, yeah. um, back to running some, some bars down on the Mass Ave area, um, and then national sales at a distillery. And now I'm a regional sales manager for a winery out of Napa. Assistant to the regional Assistant sales manager. Assistant to the <laughs> correction. <laughs> an ARM, if I may. Yeah, this is not an interview, by the way. You're <laughs> no, like, it turned, uh, a lot of these interviews, because, uh, it's a comedy podcast about the service industry. So sometimes we have comics on and sometimes we have like legit service industry people like you. They've been doing this their whole life. And uh, so sometimes we have comics on. It's really hard pulling stuff out because like some people are like, I, I worked at a wing shack when I was five. <laughs> like, like That's it. I don't know. <laughs> and then we have other people come in and it's like 15 minutes of their like <laughs> LinkedIn yeah. profile. Well, you know what I just did? Yeah. <laughs> No, but I think that's I think that that's the deal. I think that's why I think yeah. Well, I think you have to talk about why we would have Max Boots on because I mean we have comics on and and they're in more public circles. Whereas Max Boots is just honestly living the service industry dream of like I did this for a little bit, that was cool, and then I keep getting promoted up and up and up. And hopefully, lend lend some kind of credibility if I answer some questions later. People are not at home being like, "Why the fuck should I talk?" Like, why would I to listen him? to this guy? Who is and, this guy? And you're also on the uh, the USBG. I am, yes. I'm the treasurer for the local chapter and on the board of directors. So that's and the United States Bartenders Guild. I, I always get the uh, I always get the initials wrong, so I have to write it down. U- U.S. is United States. Oh, okay. All right. That's <laughs> you're 50% there. If you, just remember, there, baby. If you just remember the country, you're 50% there. United States, biscuits and gravy. <laughs> <laughs> I'll never forget it. 
never forget it now. But uh, that that's a cool thing where, look, for, I mean, you probably can explain it better than I can, but I've not been a, a full member, but I've gone to a lot of the educational stuff, especially when I was bartending more, and um, they put on really great programs. Yeah, I mean, it's basically, it's a national, nationwide not-for-profit that um, focuses on um, kind of promoting the professionalism in the bar industry for those of us that are taking it seriously as a career or are just also just generally interested in um, spirits, cocktails, beer, wine. That's great. You were uh, you were talking to us earlier off uh, off air about you guys trying to provide some like COVID relief um, through the Bartenders Guild. Yeah, so obviously, you know, we, we all know that um, – Damn near everyone in the industry had lost their job overnight. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And even though there is some assistance through uh, unemployment, um, you know, the, we've seen the PPP is not really designed for restaurants. Um, they were kind of left hung out to dry. So we wanted to know what we can do to make people's unemployment stretch as long as possible because who knows how long this is going to go on. You know, even at, as we're starting to open at 25% capacity, that's still no one's going to be making the money they're accustomed to there. So we earmarked some funds out of our own personal um, bank account and started off just with, you know, toilet paper, paper towels, flour, yeast, pasta, um, stuff that was really kind of hard to find and that were non-perishable dry goods. Um, and it has slowly morphed into teaming up with the Indie Independent Relief Fund. Um, you might have seen them team up with different breweries around the city to do the social distancing pale ale, mm-hmm. um, some other beers. Yeah. And they were able to raise about 15 grand. Oh, but awesome. didn't know what to do with the money. So they came to us. We teamed up with them. We're working out of Teeny um, with the USBG Board of Directors and Sean Webster, who founded the Indian Independent Relief Fund. And we're basically doing pre-orders for, you know, fresh packs of chicken breasts, ground beef, fresh vegetables, fresh fruit, um, just anything that maybe will will help these people's dollars stretch for another week, so awesome. they can avoid going to the grocery store and putting that money toward either into a savings account or to a bill that they have to pay. Um, just, yeah. You know, it's not a lot, but we're just trying to take as much pressure off people as we can. Yeah. Um, in, in two weeks of doing these pre-orders, uh, we've fed 65 people. Wow. Um, a awesome. lot of it has been kind of back-of-house families, families of five, six, that are, are now, as we're moving into over two months of this, are really starting to struggle. So That's awesome. It's been really cool. Now, is there? Uh, do you guys have a link set up or anything if people want to, like, help contribute or donate anything to that? We, we don't right now. It's actually a, a good idea. Okay. Wow. <laughs> really put him on the spot, uh, which I was like, well, let's lead into that thing and then you can plug it. And then he's like, yeah, we don't. Thanks a lot, Dick. We don't have anything. You should be able to go and donate to the Indie Independent Relief Fund. Um, I, I think right now they just have a Facebook page. Um, yeah. And then as far as as far as USBG, um, I don't believe we're allowed to take monetary um, donations from individuals okay. because of our non-for-profit status. Gotcha. We can only accept through like corporations. Okay. Um, so I think the Indian independent relief would be the best use of, of funds. If you, if you wanted to donate and if you're not in the position to and, and need help, feel free to reach out. We do it every Tuesday and Thursday at teeny on mass Ave um, and check the indie service industry Facebook page. I post there about three times a week on, on how to reach out to me to get one of those packages. I was going to say, because I honestly, you know, that's why I thought Boots would be really a really good guest because I know about it from just following you on Facebook yeah. and, and seeing the things you, you post on it. So I think if you, in a worst case scenario, if you're friends with Max Boots on Facebook, you should be able to, to find some of that information. There. Yeah, yep, yeah. absolutely. So I didn't want to go into this too much. So I this is something that I've brought up on previous uh, podcasts because I, I think it's a, a huge uh, issue facing our industry. But the PPP, 
And um, the original guest we were going to have on here, Ed, uh, actually had written, like, this huge thing where he, like, really hit some of the points. I get I have all these points in my head all week, and then I have a few drinks at brunch. <laughs> and then I, sometimes I end up rambling on, and I don't really uh, execute those as well. But, like, that, that's, like, a huge thing in our industry right now where the PPP is kind of at odds with the unemployment benefits, and they're, they're kind of set up um, counter to each other. Yeah, and um, I think it's gonna be a real problem for when we do start transitioning, you know, back to work. Yeah, and I, I won't claim to be any expert. Um, I read that article Ed posted and, and learned a lot, and then did some other research. But it seems to me the PPP is is designed and is good for small businesses like the company that I work for. We're nationally four people, mm-hmm. so heavy on the payroll. So for the PPP, you have to. But you're not a restaurant. No, but we yeah. are a small business. We are yeah. not a restaurant or bar. Yeah. We are a, a wine a winemaker. Mm-hmm. Um, and so for us, with the PPP, you had to use 75% of the funds yeah. for payroll, or else you have to pay it back with interest. Mm-hmm. If you can cover oh. it in the proper way, it pivots to a grant, and it's great for a company like mine, yeah. where payroll is about 90% of our expenses right now. Mm-hmm. Well, for a restaurant, payroll is generally 20 to 25%. So you can't use the remaining for what you really needed, liquor inventory, you know, yeah. all the food, all the food you probably had to throw away to pay off those invoices or to use it to for the the food that now that we're reopening, you're going to have to reorder and restock your pantry and all that stuff. Um, you can't use it for that. And if you do, the government's basically forcing you to take on this extra debt. Yeah. That I don't think it's fair to do that when this isn't anyone's fault that this is happening. The government right. needs to step up and help out these small bars and restaurants because they're the ones that really got fucked by the wayside and forgotten about um, throughout all this. I've been, I've been ranting about this for weeks, but yeah. it's like, yeah, when, yeah. but like when you talk to somebody that's not in directly in the industry too, it, cause it is a complex thing and it's, it's a complex thing. To, I think you did a great job of kind of laying it out there, but yeah. it, it is kind of a difficult thing to explain and how the unemployment benefits and the PPE are kind of work against each other they, they definitely don't help each other uh very much like one was meant to help small businesses one was meant to help the actual employees yeah on paper both sound great but then it's just like well how difficult it is to get an employee back to a job where they're possibly their health is at risk yep. coming back yeah. to less money than they already made because you're only 25 percent capacity outside so it has to be nice weather it has to yeah you know yeah i mean you're asking them to come back to Hopefully, make forty bucks a shift. When yeah, you're be making a thousand bucks a week. Right. Staying at home, safe. Like I'd rather, right. <laughs> I'd rather volunteer for yeah. a shift and not get paid, yeah. and just at least like still help out my employer, but maintain my as shady as that shit is. Unfortunately, like they're kind of forcing our hand in that situation. Yeah, I, right. I, I think it's a lot of it's a a lot of it's going to get better or get worse before it gets better, and it's but also like all of that stuff was thrown kind of at the wall. Just to get people to stay home. Here's some money. Stay home. Here's some yeah. money. You're like so, like these things weren't really thought about. Like, how is this going inter- to interact with this? None of this is necessarily funny, but I've been thinking about it all week. And it, like, <laughs> <laughs> no, it really, it really isn't funny at all. <laughs> it's not funny, but here's some jokes. <laughs> but we will, we will transition to something. What's funny. the deal with unemployment? <laughs> we will transition at some point. What do they call it? That's great. They're like, listen, we're going to be talking about this really dull shit for a while, but at some point we're going to transition. So hang on, if you just want jokes. Uh, but yeah, uh, Ed Rudisell, like you said, has, has written some some really good stuff. Um, Eddie Som is really spearheading mm-hmm. yeah. a bunch of stuff up in the broader pool area through a marketplace and 
Um, some stuff that he's written on Facebook that just really brings some good points to light. If So if anyone has any questions, I'd suggest checking out those two guys. Nice. I, I, I think that people that aren't inside, like directly uh, working or affiliated with the industry don't realize how dire it is. Absolutely not. Yeah. And I think that a lot of people are going to have like a really harsh wake-up call when they realize when stuff does kind of go back to normal that their favorite restaurants are no longer there. Yeah. And the and ones that weather the storm are going to be like, you know, Cheesecake Factory and like, like sure. big, big chains. Yeah. Well, it's the big chains that have heavy, heavy, higher, um, you know, salaries yeah. that can use the PPP. Mm-hmm. Your normal yeah. small business mom and pop yeah. where maybe the only person on salary is the owner and an assistant manager. Everyone else is two bucks an hour. Maybe yeah. back of house is 10. Like you can't. Yeah. And they, well, it's easier when you have a lot of different resources. I mean, even it's, if you're talking about any kind of chain, they have a lot of different pieces they can move around. Yes. So if they're like, they're losing money, they can take a restaurant that may be like, well, they're underperforming. So I could shut those down. And then I get all the equity that I have from that. And then selling those mm-hmm. things off. There's a lot that they can do to, to make that money back. Whereas you, you talk about somebody that owns one or even two restaurants. I mean, I mean, um, you know, I, I think it's just it's just more difficult. And and we, you know, we talk about restaurants that are not around anymore. We've already lost a couple of pretty big ones. I mean, Bruges yeah. is, Bruges was a, a huge hit for me. I mean, for Bruges to be gone, that's a that's a big deal. And uh, Chris, you and I had many a nights of bikes and Bruges. <laughs> I mean, we're talking about that every Sunday, uh, where I just remember you uh, you puked in a bush and I made you ride and break your shoulder. Yeah, that was all Bruges related. That triple to ripple, baby. <laughs> Went yeah, I'm like a sack of potatoes. <laughs> <laughs> Those Belgians will make you crash your bike. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, we have a new segment, Max Boots. Um, I'm very excited for you to be a part of this. It's called the Heart of Brunch Mailbag. <laughs> I feel like we should have had a sound effect. In <laughs> yeah, I mean, all we got is... That's one that... <laughs> we'll work on those sound effects. Yeah, we, we, just, we just hit the buttons. We don't know how they work. Yeah, there you go. Uh, I don't know how to turn it off. Stop hitting it. What's the purple one do? <laughs> Let's see. What's that for? That's for when Chris tells that's the every joke. Time Chris, ah, <laughs> damn it. Damn it. Actually, that's exactly what Boots' bike sounded like on Epic <laughs> Epic Sunday when he was riding home and then he broke his shoulder. That's exactly how it sounded. Um, <laughs> so we we had a we had an, an episode a couple weeks ago where we were talking about the Sybaris. Do you remember the Sybaris? I do. And, um, and and Chris was just like, who actually goes to the Sybaris? We know they're still around. Yeah. And, 38th Street. And we were talking. Have you been? 38th to and Georgetown. Have you been to a Sybaris? No, I've not been to okay. one. But it's not like you knew a lot about it. I do have a story real quick. Oh, yeah, we a, yeah we a, man, we you're the friends, guest. We were to friends in high school one day, and we were just hanging out. He had some people over. His parents were out of town. It wasn't crazy. It was just a couple guys hanging out, like, playing poker or something. But it was like, hey, Tyler, where's your parents at tonight? They're out of town. He's like. Yeah, they went to some place called the Sybaris. <laughs> I was like, oh my God. <laughs> He's like, why? What is it? And I was like, Get, let's go to the computer. <laughs> I'm going to show you. Yeah, herpes. That's what it is. It's a big bag yep, of herpes. Big old bag of herpes. So, so, so Chris was kind of like dumbfounded at like who actually goes. Like it'd be hilarious. He was like, it would be hilarious if we could get somebody in here and interview somebody that had been. Well, it turns out our producer who has been not coming because of COVID-19, uh, our producer actually was like, oh, I, I, I've been to it like a couple times. Me and my ex-girlfriend used to go. <laughs> and then... Multiple times. Yeah. He went multiple times. So he they liked it so much the first time. They yeah, decided he went to back. Go back. like, this is great. And <laughs> then it we... It wasn't an accident. What's great is a he had... A bank for your buck. He had no an answer for every... <laughs> <laughs> he had an answer for every question. Like, 
like just our standard question, like where do you eat when you're done having sex? Because you can only have sex for so long, and without skipping a beat, he said Shoney's. Yeah. <laughs> it was amazing. Yeah, eat some Shoney's, and then you go down the jizz flume. You know. <laughs> so then, uh, so then I thought I thought that we'd gotten all that we could could out of the Sybris. Yeah. And then one of our listeners, um, Twitter at Fun Angela. She's she's been getting she's been. <laughs> she, fun. Angela's been getting caught back up. She's been going through some old episodes, so she's responding to episodes that aired like three weeks ago. And uh, she writes at Heart of Brunch, it's Fanta Sweets in Greenwood. My parents had us stay there as a cheap vacation. <laughs> I stayed in the Alien Room, the Wild West Room, and Cinderella <laughs> Cinderella Room. They had four kids and were poor. <laughs> I have pics somewhere. The Alien Rooms. Bed was a UFO and had a Sega in it. <laughs> oh so she went three years in a row. She had an alien room, a Wild West room, and a Cinderella room. So my, is this one sponsored by an orange soda company? My I'm very fav- confused. At the, at the my my favorite spelling. is her response to you, where she said, "We said she said any hotel room is a sex hotel if you have enough sex in it." <laughs> From Scallop Fever. That's honestly. I don't know who Scallop Fever is. <laughs> I think that I think that that should be the uh, Wanna Fanta. Don't you want a Fanta Sweets? Well, no, uh, Fanta Sweets Hotel. Fanta Sweets Hotel. Their tagline should be any ho- any any hotel room is a sex hotel room if you have enough sex in it. Sure, sure. So yeah, so her, her her family was taking them uh, every year to a sex hotel. That's amazing. Now I will say this: uh, this did kind of jar loose a memory. I feel like they were just. I, I just get visions of them like making balloon animals out of condoms. I mean, That's you like, got to figure though, if you are a kid and like your family's not that well off, that a wild restroom in an alien room with a UFO bed right. as a kid was in a Sega. Pretty, in a Sega. In a Sega. Yeah. That was probably pretty awesome for like a seven year old. They didn't, know, they didn't know they were in Greenwood. I think yeah. it's great that you did. If you didn't, especially if you didn't have a Sega growing up, like that's the only time you play, have a Sega. Honestly, I had a Sega. It was great. If I didn't have one, every time I got to play, it would be Disney World. So that just makes sense. I didn't have a Nintendo 64. Why do you think I loved going to Pizza King? <laughs> <laughs> wasn't the goddamn wasn't pizza. The pizza. <laughs> wasn't the canned mushrooms. I thought they invented that. <laughs> the canned uh, mushrooms. Yeah, so thank you, Fun Angela. That was great. <laughs> I will say this. Uh, my parents were big uh, bird watchers growing up. My family, we traveled all over, the, yeah, all over the country watching birds. And uh, we camped a lot, but we also stayed in a lot of hotels. And I definitely have memories of staying at a hotel that had the, the vibrating bed. Oh, yeah. And yeah, I would get yeah. so excited, and I would beg for quarters and be like, can I put some quarters in? And then just ride out the vibrating bed, not realizing... That was a gross sex hotel we were staying yeah. in. So, so speaking of bird watching, are either of you guys familiar with um, birds aren't real? Yeah. I have the, no idea what that is. The well-founded conspiracy that birds are not actually real, mm-hmm. and that I believe it was Richard Nixon replaced all the pigeons with spying robots. What? You, you can go online. Mm-hmm. like They have a Facebook page, like birdsaren'treal.com. And it's kind of a spoof. But they have shirts that say, like, bird watching goes both ways. <laughs> <laughs> and it's got, no, like, uh, what's it, like Bill, uh, Big Bird with half his face blown off with, like, a Terminator face on the other half. <laughs> like, that's amazing. It's pretty fantastic. Can you, br- can you bring up another piece of mail from the mailbag? Uh, no. Mailbag. <laughs> uh, is it on the thing? Yeah, I only have the jelly bean thing. It should be the next tab, the, the email. Oh, the, okay, yeah, 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 yeah. Sorry. I don't know what Zach does when he does this stuff. And then just cast it to the... No, I know how to cast. I mean, I'm the one that brought the casting thing yeah, in here. I just didn't know how to... 
Look at that. There it is. There it is. Okay. All right. So this was uh, this is an email that we got from little Eric Muehlhausen. He's not a child. He's just short. Um, <laughs> what? <laughs> no, we. I think just to refresh people's memories, we uh, spent a long time talking about Muehlhausen, and definitely what we said was that we we don't know we don't know that he is a Nazi. We don't know that he's a Nazi based on his name, but we have never seen proof. That he's not. Where's a lot of khaki, Captain Khaki. Where's a lot of khaki? Very, dr- I, very drab. So very yeah. could be could be a Nazi. Dropping dad jokes since he was like twenty years old. I, I, I mean, we, he and I, Dyke, you, me, and Mulehausen are really the same age. But I think you probably think of him the same way as I do. Is like he's the adult in the room. Uh, he, no, he's a much older man. We're the same age. I don't believe that. You're a year. He, I, I think he's a it. maybe a year. He and I are the same age, and I'm like a year he's, older. Than he's you. had gray pubes since the nineties. Why, you, why do you know? Last, last time I saw him, <laughs> he was across the street, and I yelled, I hadn't seen him in a while, I yelled, Mulehausen, how's it going? And waved. And without stopping to walk, he just double finger gunned me <laughs> <laughs> and just kept on moving. What's like, funny is he may not even. Son of a bitch. <laughs> he may not even have known it was you. That's just his <laughs> standard response. <laughs> it's just how he responds to everybody that yells at him on the street. So, uh, just as a refresher, right? We should talk about the fact that last episode, I think. I think the last post podcast is where we talked about the Columbus pump room yes. and what Upland was basically asking people to reapply for jobs that they already had. After talking about the Sybaris, Columbus pump room had a totally <laughs> different connotation in my head. They have a Sega. Just, I, got, I got real distracted. Yeah, if you want to pump your Sega, that's the place to do it. So, but yeah, they the, the pump room up in Columbus, allegedly, and, and he actually responded, I, I think... Um, the owner, the one of the owners or management uh, from the Columbus Pump Room, basically said, "Yeah, we did send that out, but the whole point of it was like there are people that didn't want to work and we do that, blah blah blah, which is actually still shitty if he did it. But um, that's kind of where this is coming from, just to give some background to people that are listening. If they, this is the first podcast they've ever listened to. So, ever. so actually, Eric, Eric, first he he forwarded me this IDS uh, news article, and one of my favorite parts. I'm not gonna recap the whole article but it was it was basically talking about that whole thing about the pump house yeah and one of my favorite things is they were like uh they've been accused of this here's their response and they go former employee so-and-so had this to say and she was just like yeah if you're not doing drugs with the owners then you're not in because <laughs> <laughs> that's all they do is drugs and i was like I just thought it was funny that she came that hard to throw people under the bus <laughs> and that's all i really i i don't know if these guys are good or bad I just thought it was funny that like one person interviewed like threw him under the bus that hard. Yeah. So I wrote that my response back to Mulehausen was, "Man, that lady really threw them under the bus that hard," and <laughs> about doing drugs. Also spelled through wrong. Yeah, I was actually not. <laughs> I was thinking it. And I didn't. I was debating if I was going to say that you spelled through, which should be T H R E W. You spelled it T H R O U G H. What a, is that thorough? What is, th- like what you, you walked through a door. Through a door, but it should be through like through a ball. <laughs> yeah, goddamn right, I did. It's, it's good that people can't see this and know that you oh. are really oh, close to. Well, now we can't see it. I was gone. No connection lost. Ah, oh. that's fun. This is this is great. Top notch operation. You guys have working here. <laughs> well, now the joke's on me more than Mulehausen. <laughs> well, now I'm embarrassed. Yeah, I'm so excited. That I spelled through correctly. I didn't realize I used the wrong one. <laughs> you just thought like if you if you just if you put a lot if you put a lot of letters in it, it must be right. And then didn't realize until after that it was just uh, spelled wrong. Uh, I'm not going to be able to put it back on the TV for some reason. It's just out. Okay. Just All right. Well, Mulehausen, um, thank you for responding to us. And uh, if if you have, uh, we do actually have a Gmail open, Harder Brunch at Gmail, oh. for all for all your questions. I did not um, know that. 
And then you might be you might be uh, uh, focused on a, a future Harder Brunch mailbag. Featured, I think is what you meant to say, not focused. <laughs> I was going to let that one go. Yeah, I was going to. If you're going to pick up through, I'm going to pick up featured. I'm thrilled with both of you guys. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's. I think that you're, this is what I was talking about off air, is that this is why I am very careful and calculated about what I eat and what I drink, because I have been drunk on this podcast for sure one time, and I will never do it again. And I've been too full on this podcast probably a couple times. It messes with your head. It does mess with your head. Food was good. The food was amazing. We guys, we had a we had a pizza party today. Um, Chris King demanded pizza, so <laughs> there was pizza was made. I love that. I love for the podcast where people don't know what I look like. I just feel like I'm like a four foot tall tyrant who's just yelling at you like, you "Make are. me burgers, make me pizza." Not that far off. <laughs> Or six. <laughs> so I did a I did a deep dish pizza, a stuffed crust pizza, English muffin pizzas, a surf and turf, with crab, shrimp, and uh, Italian sausage, a barbecue chicken pizza, um, and then uh, stuffed shells. Did some stuffed shells, and I feel like a stuffed shell. Right now. I love that you you talk you hearing you talk about it is exactly how I would feel if I it I I think that it, you've really projected over the podcast that you're full because you kind of drifted off as you were talking about your own full like like shells <laughs> and stuff and I don't know it was just a lie uh we had a DiGiorno's pizza that you made from scratch but just looked like a DiGiorno's pizza and tasted like one. Was, <laughs> was, and I say that in the nicest way possible it was delicious I like that we both both of us did the same thing like man that pizza looks great it's amazing but no offense at all and I mean this is the best way that looks like a DiGiorno's pizza <laughs> which we took a picture I think that we will have to tell people like this is the pizza we're talking about it looks like a DiGiorno's pizza yeah. in the best in the way best way in the best way possible it's not delivery it's not DiGiorno's <laughs> Dyke Michael. It's a thing I made. It's, it's the Dyke Michael. I made it with my own bare hands. Stuffed crust pizza. It was good. It was really good. Chris was making us some fancy cocktail with LaCroix. Uh, <laughs> yeah. yeah that was, I like that you introduced it. Like, my my uh, special ingredient was LaCroix. I feel like a fancy lady. <laughs> no, It's uh, all right. I, I made gumbo, and he was like, that hot dogs and rice that you made was fantastic. <laughs> you just Chris King, Chris King on the Heart of Brunch podcast. <laughs> That is exactly that's exactly what I was expecting from Max Boots. Like, look at this dumbass. No, but uh, I made uh, a shrub in this one, and this is the first time I've been wanting to make a shrub for a long time. And this, uh, which is super easy, it's just um, whatever the fruit is and sugar, and then you leave it for 48, uh, 24 to forty eight hours. You just leave it there, and then you put in whatever vinegar, and that's what I did. So it is. Um, I started with gin, then uh, two ounces of gin, an ounce of the shrub. And then a half an ounce of Grand Marnier. What, uh, what, what, what kind of and then Lacroix? But and then I did top it with Lacroix. That's what, uh, right, that's right. what kind of shrub is it though? What fruit? Uh, it's a blueberry lime. Yeah, it's delicious. Thanks. That's nice. That was the Lacroix actually that we were tasting. Yeah. <laughs> and then I used a tangerine Lacroix. The, the, the what the goal was to do uh, like an alcoholic kombucha because uh, shrubs. That, that is a great way to describe it. Yeah, yeah, it yeah tastes nice. Very. Now that you say that. Yeah, that's, that's what I was going delicious. for because obviously shrubs and kombucha are actually pretty close together because they're both, they're both vinegar based. Yep. And that vinegar balance is really hard to get, so you got to be really careful with that. But that's what I was going for was what if you did a kombucha that had a lot of alcohol and it's two ounces of, of booze and I've had four and I want to go to bed. Yeah, it's delicious. <laughs> are you going to start launching your own shrub line now? 
No, uh, no, you, know you got your fingers in it? I would have to go on Pinterest. I looked that up, and, like, a bunch of people have shrub lines, but they're all on Pinterest. No one's, like, doing that. It's just so, it's like we making. We used to make them all the time at Black Market. Like, we'd a, always have, like, five going at once, and that's the thing is like, not hard. They're so easy. I just don't think that that's something. You, it's like people that, like, sell simple syrup. Like, you can't make your own simple syrup. <laughs> it takes literally five minutes. It's sugar, 50-50, whatever sweetener, and water, and then make it hot. Yeah, I've, it. I've worked at a, as a professional bartender for years, and I was at the store the other day, and I saw some simple syrup, and I was like, oh, they sell this now? Why would you? And I, like, I had to put it back. Like, I had it in my hand, and I was like, wait, stop. <laughs> stop. Why would you buy that? Convenience, you... convenience. And if you're yeah. anyone that's, like, if, like, like, if. A lot of people don't have like home bars that are fully stocked. Some people they just have a party True. and they're yeah. like, "I just want to. I'm not going to be doing this for sure. another six months." I'm, I guess you know, right. Like, it's our yearly holiday party, and yeah, we need to. They're just like, "Well, I'll buy. Yeah, I'll just buy a mixer." And then I guess I guess that's right. If you have like a party and you're not, I I don't know people that weren't bartenders. <laughs> like that's the well, thing. It's, thing it's like it's like when people like buy that super syrupy sugary margarita mix. Like right, to right, me, right. that's it's insane. Disgusting. Yeah, because margarita is so simple to make at home, but I also yeah. have all the tools and the know-how to do it I think along with most of my friends as well. I think so that's like, where we're spoiled. And I yeah. think that's what people that are not kind of integrated into the service industry are missing out because I'm just, I'm never going to buy a simple syrup. Like I'll make my own shit and I'm not crafty at all. I'm not like sitting around like, it's, stuff, it's sugar and water. It's like, it's nothing. It's, it's, like, nothing. it's like the alien from men in black. <laughs> yeah. It's nothing. And that's the thing sugar is like, too, is like water. <laughs> See, this gave you the recipe for simple syrup. <laughs> I think his skin's falling off your bones. <laughs> but I mean, that's the thing. His skin like, was falling off his bones. He knew how to make simple syrup. <laughs> My sister used to do a really good impression of of uh, him of uh, what's his name from Men in Black, and and she made Vincent me realize D'Onofrio? Vincent D'Onofrio. Yeah, it is Vincent D'Onofrio. Yeah, but she she made me realize that the the accent from Vincent D'Onofrio in Men in Black, and then the the dude from. Uh, Sounds of the Lambs. Their accents are exactly the Pretty same. Pretty much exactly the same. We're sure you're a fat person. It's Should the same. Should have been old fat girl. <laughs> yes. Same exact thing. But yeah, but the, it was it was easy. It was just really, really easy to look it up. And it's just like, I had some fruit that was going to go bad. And then I just put sugar on it and let it like hang out for a while. And then I put some apple cider vinegar in there. That was it. And it's freaking awesome. So especially, I would say that before we could say, well, you don't have the time. Just go buy one. It's whatever. But no one's doing anything. Is doing anything. Yeah. I still have my job. I'm at home all the time. I'm only working. It's the perfect plate. time. Max Mucha, are you are you baking a lot of bread at home? Are you not sour a, sourdoughing? I am not a baker. Uh, I love to cook. I am not a baker. Never have. I made cornbread a couple times. One time I added jalapenos to it. What? <laughs> Slow down. Fancy. I feel like I there feel are like... children present. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like that's a story he's been waiting until like, man, remember that time I added jalapenos to that cornbread? No, I, uh, I've been doing a lot of work in the yard. I, uh, I, yeah. I was telling telling you guys before off air that uh, I took apart my grill last week and detailed yeah. it. Felt like a very middle-aged white man. I really, I also really got hate... real excited when I bought a new weed whacker. <laughs> I really, I really hate following you on all the social media because we are, you're definitely significantly younger than I am, but I feel like I watch Max Boots and I realize that I'm not a man at all <laughs> because Max Boots is like doing all this crazy stuff. That's like, man, like a man probably does those things. Like that's I, what a man does. I framed and laid a concrete slab yesterday. <laughs> Son of a bitch. You know what I did? What? I played, I played uh, <laughs> Fallen Order for the third time. That's what I did. I played Star Wars Fallen Order on the PlayStation, I did that. Um, I had to replace the plastic cover on my Rampage arcade game. I did that. Um, yeah, and then and then every time I follow Max Boost, like, yeah, I grilled out for the fourth time this week, which is awesome. Like, if I'm going to be home, I'm making food outside. Like, God damn it. <laughs> Doing stuff in his yard. You have a grill. I've been to your house. Yeah, I, I, I don't want to go outside. He's never going to clean it. 
<laughs> it means I have to hit pause. <laughs> oh my god, I gotta pause something. I gotta clean it. I mean, you know how long it takes to clean those things. It's they are not self clean. Now that Chris <laughs> King has like uh, like a like a big boy job, everything in his house is just like he's just like Tom Hanks from Big. Like, <laughs> that yeah, is the goal. I, That's I, a great I, way. To I had to fix my trampoline. Uh, you know, it was, it was a hard day. The arcades are falling apart. <laughs> Uh, Dyke, you're the first person that said that, and that's exactly what I'm going it's for. so spot on. Yeah, that's exactly what I'm going for. It's all action figures and arcade games and a giant stupid television that I shouldn't have. It's exactly big. But it's also every time I'm over there, I'm jealous of all those arcade games and giant TVs and yeah, like every console you could ever imagine. <laughs> that's right. It's all those things. But that's all I'm doing. And then, and and then, then you go upstairs, and there's another room with all that same stuff in it. Like, <laughs> why, why do you need two of these? But that's called the office. I call that the office. Yeah. <laughs> I had a, I had a fr- <laughs> I have a friend that said one time with uh, no sarcasm whatsoever that if you won the lottery the first thing he would buy was a giant queen alien and just put it in his front yard. Uh, <laughs> wow! Like, oh yeah, but I, f- I forgot people could do that. Yeah. <laughs> like, I I think I think for me I never I thought I would just be broke forever. There was never anything to me that thought I wouldn't be broke, and I'm not like by no means rich or anything like that. But I I really do you're comfortable. Comfortable, yeah. but I really do want to be a person that uh, I, when people come over, I want to be somebody like it looks like this guy has money that he shouldn't have. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's my goal. It's like it looks no like no matter how much credit card debt you have to go into, <laughs> <laughs> it looks like this guy has money that he shouldn't have and he's spending it inappropriately. I like people to come over here and be worried about me. Like, <laughs> <laughs> Mission accomplished. Ooh. Honest. <laughs> Actually, like this is the like. Uh, two months ago, there was no furniture in here. It was, this was the only furniture. Yeah. This yeah. was in the middle of the kitchen. Right. Well, we, for a long time, definitely Boots Never Saw It, but there was, until Thad moved in, it was literally like a bunch of empty space. I put that couch in here. That's my couch. That's, no. <laughs> that's in this room. Um, and then a bunch of, now Thad has furniture. So it looks like people live here now. It's great. <laughs> We're going to get a paint job on this bad boy here yeah. pretty soon. It's going to look like a real... We just, we just repainted our whole house during this whole pandemic thing. Yeah, I saw three, that. Three awesome. years overdue, we've been talking about yeah. it. It just took once the again, whole economy to shut down for us to get around to it. Yeah, and once again, Amy and I both follow you, and Amy's like, look, at they're both painting the room. You can't put up the blinds. <laughs> can't put up the blinds. Wait, what are blinds? Blinds, <laughs> blinds are, blind treatment's hard. It's hard. It's hard. I have to put up the, the, it, the blinds were hard enough, and I don't, I'm not someone I feel like I get angry very often, but putting those up made me angry. Yeah. I got angry about that. And then, uh, and then we had like the box cover that goes over that. I cannot figure it out. I can't. Yeah. I just, I got angry and then threw it on the ground and then that was it. It was awful. Well, guys, we're going to take a quick break here, and we'll be right back. Do you have a do you have a your least favorite tattoo? Least favorite? No. What is that? That's Christ our Savior in Hebrew. Oh my God! I was eighteen. Do you not remember when Amy found that out and like ridiculed me for 30 minutes? <laughs> God, she's the worst. I, was fi- I finally walked. I was like, Amy, shut the fuck up. I walked away. <laughs> she's, we're so perfect together. <laughs> that, that, that like it's my, I honestly, I remember my, my sister told me like when she grew up, like she always like be in her bedroom, like getting ready and like worried about what I would fucking ridicule her about. Like when she come out, like when she was growing up, like I didn't realize that it was such a beat down living with me. And uh, now Amy does the same thing. It's exactly. Exactly like that. Yeah. Every time I get like Amy's like down the stairs, like oh god, I hope this place is clean. I hope I'm not wearing something stupid because she will mock me. She will mock me, and it'll be hilarious, and it'll be on point. And I need to have my shit together. I gotta be ready. I gotta be ready. You need a woman that keeps you on her toes. That's exactly right. That's exactly right. 
Welcome back to the Heart of Brunch podcast. Um, we're going to call a friend of the show. Chris, would you like to introduce this? Uh? No, no, no. I want you to do it. All right. <laughs> I thought about doing it, and then I'm just like, that's terrifying. Okay. I don't, I, I've said it multiple times. I don't know how you do it. Like, I don't know how you, like, you start the questions, you ask the questions. What I do, my role in this is you ask the questions, and then there's a guest, like Max Booth, for instance, who says things, and then if he says something ridiculous that I can mock, that's when I jump in. Otherwise, I, I, I have no purpose here. Um, I think I guess if I were going to say anything about the person we're going to call it's Alexis uh, friend of the podcast she's we've talked about her before Mm -hmm. Uh, Alexis Gilling we uh, the last time we talked to her she was making masks uh, for people Uh, she was sending it to individuals that needed the mask at the time Um, and then now she is uh, working with a group to kind of put more information out there so on uh, Monday uh, we are in, in in a link in the post and everything will be out there. Uh, she and I are going to host um, kind of a forum for people that are looking to either get back into the industry or people that are kind of taking in this opportunity to transition out of the industry to maybe um, do something else. So that's what we're talking about. So that's what we're going to call her about right now. Okay. Hello. Alexis? Yes? Hello, it's Dyke Michaels. Welcome to the Heart of Brunch podcast. Hey, thanks for having me. You're very welcome. Last time we talked to you, you were making masks, and you made me a mask <laughs> this week, so thank you very much for that. Oh, I didn't know that. That's Absolutely. Nice. I have not worn yeah. it yet. Uh, I'm a little scared of a black guy wearing a mask right now in Indianapolis. <laughs> Yeah, well, you know, because they're shooting us. But uh, no, enough about I that. get it. I get it. <laughs> I get it. But uh, what did you ask me? I'm sorry. Oh, you. So you and Chris King, uh, Chris King was starting to tell us about it, but you guys are, are doing something this week. Uh, we just wanted to get your take on it and have you uh, plug it. Absolutely. So um, my, we are holding a Zoom Q and A with um, the Indy Indie Hospitality Coalition, which is a um, coalition that we started to kind of help out the hospitality industry since it's down and out right now. Mm-hmm. Um, we are going to be um, answering questions that are much needed by the industry of like what your ne- resume needs to look like and um, whether you stay in the industry or whether you go out, I mean, any kind of help is something that the industry has never been taught really, mm-hmm. at least me personally has never really gotten that tutelage. And then, um, we will just be answering those and answering interview questions and any kind of question that you have to get yourself back on your feet. So what do you, Chris, you're going to be part of this as well too. Right, yeah. So what, what do you guys think the, Number one, uh, like, where do you think people are going if they're transitioning out of the hospitality industry or they're like, I guess, transitioning specifically out of like the restaurant? So I think that was the biggest we um, we had a meeting on this uh, yesterday and I I had a list of questions. And I think that's a that's another question is like, where can I go or what can I do? And what are my where will my transitional where would my skills transition the best? And those are the questions. And I think. You know, I don't think there's a flat, like, if you do this, you can go there. But I, I myself came from the industry, and I had to transition into, you know, an office job. And I think that was, 
extremely hard. And I, I, I learned a lot in doing it and there were pitfalls and things that I did right and things that I kind of tripped up on. And that's kind of what we're talking about. And, and, and then, you know, there's also people that want to stay in the industry. And I think Leo Ransone, we, we all know Leo. Uh, he's also going to be on that panel with me too. And uh, Leo manages, uh, Alexis, help me. Where is he working right now? Where's Leo working? Um, he is at the JW Marriott. He uh, manages high velocity. Right. So he manages high velocity. So people that want to stay in the industry, we're giving them answers of like, if you lost your job in the restaurant industry, but want to go to another restaurant industry as a, as a manager um, and looking at resumes, what does he look for? And then for me, what I'll be talking about is if you're trying to transition out, if you're looking to um, say, okay, this is the time where I'm going to roll into that nine to five and kind of do that office job. That's the kind of the questions and what I'll be talking about. Absolutely. Yeah. And also I think that um, there's a lot of, <clears throat> even if you want to stay in the restaurant industry, I mean, we see a lot of like the stack pickles, all of those are done. And when I first got into the downtown restaurants, there's, there's definitely, um, you have to either know someone or just keep going. So like, what, what do the downtown restaurants want to see from the resumes? I think that's another thing. Right. It's like different areas of town or just, I mean, different, it's a different job. So Absolutely. And what time is this event going to be? Um, it is 7 p.m. on uh, Monday the 22nd. No. 25th. Is that what I mean? 25th. 25th, 25th, sorry. That's okay. Monday <laughs> the 22nd Friday. That's okay. Because I, I was like, I was like, what's... Because Dyke asked me, like, what's the information link? I'm like, I have no idea. I just know the day. So I know that. But then uh, it's Monday, 7 o'clock, the 25th. And then where can they find that? Um, it'll be announced on the Facebook page for the Indie Hospitality Coalition, as well as on the, the website. Um, it'll be debuted by 8 a.m. tomorrow morning. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah, I'm very, very excited. And what is that website? By the way, Alexis Mac Boots here. Oh, Max Boots is the guest, Alexis, by the way. <laughs> hey, Max. Great to hear from you. Um, the website is www.indiehospitalitycoalition.com. Nice, nice. Perfect. Awesome. Well, I'm I am really looking forward to it. I'm more I'm really looking forward to kind of talk about I I've talked about this a million times. I had a lot of people kind of give me a leg up and really help me, and I definitely wouldn't be where I am if it wasn't for somebody helping. So I'm always, always open to whatever I can do to kind of help people if they want to transition. But then I think Leal's a good resource if you want to like look at what if you want to stay in the industry and, and essentially what Max Boots has done is is a really good career from you know from where he started and how he's kind of grown up in there. And I think Leal's a good person to talk about that. So I think anybody in this industry, anybody looking to stay, anybody affected by what's the situation in the industry, anybody looking to say like this is my opportunity to come move out, I think they can benefit from just being on this forum. And it's going to be as interactive as we can make it. It's more it's conversational. It's not just me going through. Um, you know, a bunch of different things. I, I want to make these things as interactive as possible. And I think it'll be great. Yeah, absolutely. And we're looking to just help as many people as possible when all of this restaurant stuff gets over with. So, yep. Yep. Cool. Awesome. Well, Alexis, thank you so much uh, for your time. And I will, if I don't talk to you before, then I'll talk to you on Monday. Absolutely. Thanks, guys. All right. Bye. Have a good Bye. Bye. See you. So there's that. Thank you for letting me plug the thing. That's the first time I've ever been able to plug something that wasn't just my action figure Instagram. <laughs> Look, I, got, I, got, I got He-Man and Man of War upstairs. That's it. That's it. That's every time it's like, Dyke is like, Chris, do you want to plug anything? I'm like, I don't know. I got a new picture of my Master of the Universe. Uh, who was the, who's the little wizard guy with no face? Orko? Orko. Yeah. <laughs> just kidding. Of course I know Orko. <laughs> you fucking nerd. I feel like you did that just to like drop me like, who's that wizard again? Like his name is Orko. What a, what a doofus. Chris King had a, I believe it was a 
housewarming slash Fourth of July party. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah, yeah. And that was when your sister and brother in law and kids were living with. That's right. Yeah. Thing. So there, yeah. there were a handful of kids running around. I think our friend Theo was I, over. Honestly, I think the kids outnumbered the adults at that party. They right. were playing with your action figures, mm. figure, figurines, action figures. Action figures, is fun. okay. <laughs> yeah, and. Dolls. The I believe they're called dolls. The, the stressed look on Chris King's face the entire day while he kept saying, no, it's fine. It's fine, guys. It's yeah. fine. We're like, Chris, he's playing with that big one off the top shelf. Is that okay? No, no, it's fine. It's fine. It's, it's fine. totally fine. Yeah. It was not fine. A lot he was of it, very upset about them playing with those dolls. A lot of it was there were a bunch of kids there, and, and it's hard to be like, don't touch my toys, because if I were a child, even yeah. if I'm not a child of a generation that doesn't know action figures, you're walking into a room full of full toys. toys yeah. I have oh, a yeah. room full of toys. And they are not just like haphazardly. They are displayed. Yeah. They are, there is lighting and shelving. And yeah. It is a sight to behold. <laughs> it really well, is. When we were at your house for your, uh, for your engagement party, I was like, oh, yeah. the kids are hanging out in the kids' room. And I was like, that's not a kids' room. That's an office. That's my office. But what happened, what what did happen at that party, that, that barbecue, the housewarming party that we yeah. had, there were kids that were there, people that we knew, and they were just taking action figures and just had them and play with them. And, uh, you know, I try to be cool about it, but once the, once the joints go... I don't care. I don't want them. I don't need them. So there were a lot of kids that went home with action figures. I'm like, listen, it's garbage to me now. Just it's take no it longer clothes. Just uh, take it home. Just take it home. I, I sent a lot of, which is fine. That sounds like a great party. Like yeah. the kids were invited. They were just bending them, sticking up their nose. Yeah. And yeah. you were just like, no. It was a very. Chris it, was just excited because he got to go shop for more of them. That's right. That's them. all I really care about. I just care about buying them. Once I open the package and put them away, like, well, the joy is over. Uh, <laughs> but it was, it was a weird situation for parents because it was a room full of toys that they weren't allowed to touch. And then there were still Stairs and we didn't have a handrail, and so there was oh, a yeah, there was yeah. a parent that was monitoring the stairs the entire time. Also, there are arcade games everywhere at the time, and the kids could play them, but certain kids certain kids would like bang on it, and they weren't. So it was as a child, it had to be a very confusing party. I'm pretty sure your sister warned me about the handrailing. I was like, I'm they were 29 years it. old. I'll be they okay. Were, you they know, were very worried. You know what's funny it. now? No one will touch a fucking hand railing for the rest of our lives. <laughs> <laughs> you kidding me? That's yeah. death. I'm yeah, not yeah, right. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, and I remember my brother in law was like monitoring the stairs because he was the most worried about it and he was worried about his kids falling down. Ironically, I think a week later, he actually woke up and did fall down those stairs. <laughs> and uh, we heard him. We woke up to him hitting the wall. I was going to say, that's. Yeah. <laughs> not, a, not, not a smaller guy either. No, no, like, no, no. It was, it was, it woke us all up. It was a ruckus. Max boots. We've, we're, what are we like? Two, two years into this quarantine here. Feels like it. We've Jesus. been uh, uh, watching a lot of, uh, rewatching a lot of old classics. I just started. Uh, my roommate had never seen The Sopranos before. I just watched wow. The Sopranos That's pilot episode last night. He fell pilot asleep last night. He fell asleep in ten minutes. <laughs> wow. Wow. Uh, what have you been watching, Max Boots? Oh, is this a new segment? <laughs> is this a segment called What Are We Watching? I, was, I mean, I was trying to slip into it seamlessly, but yeah. <laughs> uh, much like you, I've been binging HBO, um, watching for the first time ever, finally, The Wire. Nice. Um, it was a little before. Omar's coming! Yeah, so when that, so when it originally came out, you know, I was, that was like 2000, 2001. So mm-hmm. I, was, I was in like fourth grade. Yeah, humble brag. God, we're, so old. Was, we're so old. That's what I'm saying. It was above my time. So I've always heard everyone say, like, The Wire and Breaking Bad, two best shows ever. Yeah. Love Breaking Bad. Yeah. Finally got around to watching The Wire. Half of you, season three. I think season two on the docks. Spoiler be the, alert. The best, <laughs> won't say anything, but the best season of television I've ever seen. I absolutely yeah. loved it. The character development, the way they tie everything together, it was phenomenal. It reminds yeah. you of growing up poor and black in Baltimore. <laughs> I related so closely with it. 
It's uh, I, I I'm so glad you're watching because that's what I'm doing. I'm watching shows that I was supposed to watch, you know, back when it happened, and and I, I'm watching Dave, which is not that old. Um, but I heard that's I, funny though. It's, it's good. It's, yeah, it's I like twenty twenty show. Yeah, no, and <laughs> the Dicky rapper, right? Yeah. Uh, uh, wait, yes. no, Dave. What's the Barry? I'm thinking of Barry. Oh, Barry. That's Barry's great. <laughs> Barry's really really Barry's good. Great. I'm an idiot. Bill uh, Hader. Yeah, Bill Hader. Yeah, yeah. it's uh. I watched Barry, but I did watch Dave, and then you, Dyke, were the one that told me that I was behind the times because I was, like, really excited. Like, hey, guys, have you seen these little dicky YouTube videos? They're amazing. And then Dyke said, yeah, dude, they came out, like, four years ago. You're an old man. <laughs> so apparently I'm catching up on YouTube is what I'm doing. Also been watching The Outer Banks on Netflix, which yeah, you told me about is that. kind of awesome. like a – it looks like a teen drama, but it's about four teens chasing after buried treasure. It's basically a New Age Goonies. That sounds great. It's very entertaining. That's awesome. Yeah. I don't – I mean, that's the thing is I think that people always dog, like, Stranger Things and, like, oh, they're just making, like, another Goonies <laughs> or they're making other – it. I don't care. That's fine. Just keep, yeah, keep remaking Goonies. I watch Goonies. I will I'm watch four it. best friends chase after treasure great. and run from people trying to kill them all day. Yeah. Like, it's yeah, great. that's great. I'm well, down. I think that's like the Stranger Things trope of just like, yeah, yeah. I liked all this stuff in the '80s. Just throw it in a blender and give yeah. it back to me. Fine. <laughs> I, I know what we're doing. I'm not going in with blenders. <laughs> I don't care. We unabashedly love Stephen King. Yeah, yeah. Rip, even the text of the of the like series title is yeah. based off Stephen King books. Like, mm-hmm. well, I don't care. Yeah, they fully admit it. Like, that's great. You know, it's like. Chris King and I are big TV and movie nerd, comic book nerds. Yeah. And we're going to hit a weird gap here in about a year. That's what I'm worried about. Where the production on everything has stopped. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And we're going to be in kind of like a weird drought. So I, I think there's going to be a thing of um, really going back to these retro shows. I've already heard that a lot of drive-ins are already opening up with like playing like just uh, Jaws and Tim's Back to the Future yeah. and stuff like that. So here's a question because I was thinking about this the other day. I think I, I'm so excited to see like Tibbs open back up and drive yeah. in movie theaters. Yeah. Do you think that this will kill traditional movie theaters? Man, I I hope. I mean, I don't. I obviously don't know, but I think that I think Tibbs may have the best year ever because I, I absolutely think they're gonna have the best. This year. seems yeah. like exactly Tibbs is set up for exactly what we're doing. Like, yeah. but you can't go movie theater. You can go to a drive-in and you're in your car. And I think they have to work out something with the food situation. But yeah. once they figure that out, like, hey, if you want to see a movie, Tibbs yeah. should be your only option. So that's why I say when I say traditional movie, I mean like the AMC yeah. at yeah. the mall. No. Like where you have to, like, I yeah. don't see them coming back. They were already dying. Yeah. yeah. yeah I mean, I dying. think. I think they're, they're going to pivot to, you know, they've been doing the new releases for 20 bucks, mm-hmm. which, you know, for a family of four to watch it at home, that's still cheaper than going yeah. to a movie theater. The only, I'm so glad you brought that up. The only problem that I have with the movies that they're releasing now, it's like it's a theater movie. Hey, you can own it. Uh, for twenty bucks, I'm fine with paying for it. I'm fine paying twenty bucks, whatever. I want to give. I want to support the industry sure. with that. That's fine. I don't own it. Yeah, <laughs> I just yeah. don't want to have it. Like I don't want to like every time I go to Amazon, I'm like, hey, here's the videos that you own. Like, oh great, I have. I own Cabin in the Woods because I wanted to watch it one time. <laughs> I own. I, unfortunately, I own the last Star Wars, which I don't ever want to watch again. I just want to watch. I'll pay twenty dollars to watch it that one time. Like just it's on Disney me. Plus for free. Now, yeah, <laughs> but this is the thing that's so weird though, compared to like where we came from growing up, where it's just like, can you imagine it's just like, hey, like the difference between renting and owning, and yeah. just be like, yeah, I, why would I want to own something? Well, and that's the thing is like, I am like, we talked about at the beginning when we talk about action figures, I am a notorious collector, I like collecting a lot of things. What I don't want is I don't want DVDs, yeah. I don't want movies, just what I women's want. pelts. <laughs> I don't want. I don't You're want a to. Fat girl. <laughs> <laughs> I 
I don't want to own the stuff. I just I want to be able to pay three or four dollars when I want to watch stuff. I really like the fact that now I can watch whatever I want. Yeah. I can watch whatever I want. I don't have like a library of that I have to go through. Like, hey, today I want to watch Demolition Man, and it's not on my free stuff. And I give three dollars, and I can watch Demolition Man. That's great. Demolition Man. <laughs> have you seen Demolition? It's great. Demolition Man is that's apt a, right ro- now. That's Rocky, right? Son of a well, yeah, Sylvester 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 Sylvester. I can remember right, right. his name. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So I know it's can't not. Remember over. his goddamn name? <laughs> I'll tell you what. If you break down Demolition Man by, it's apt today. It it's is. Great. It is. I've never seen it. What? Never seen check it, it out. It's you actually on Hulu for out. free now. Really? So you can check it out. Yeah. Um, but what's funny about that is I was just. <laughs> I think poor Amy. Uh, my uh, fiance, she has definitely been the other side of me poor having really Amy. angry conversations about movies that absolutely don't matter at all. And so I had a very aggressive conversation with her about Demolition Man, Predict of the Future, mm-hmm. because that movie's all about germs, and they, they don't have sex, they can't touch hands, they can't shake. They even did the high five that wasn't like that. Yeah. Like, they couldn't touch hands. Oh, man, I didn't think about any of this angle, but yeah, you're Demolition right. Man yeah. is really like, I'm like, I think that we, Demolition Man, if we looked at a bunch of alternate futures, like, that's our future. Also, also, everything is like politically correct in the future, so it's just sorry, like sorry. they like they don't cuss. Like if you right. if you cuss, you get fined. Right? Did if you guys ever watch the the movie? It became popular obviously again when all this went out. Um, Contagion with Matt Damon and like Gwyneth Paltrow, Lawrence Fishburne. No, came out like twenty eleven. It basically predicted exactly what we're going through right now to the point where it's like unner- unnerving. Yeah, it is crazy. I would say you should watch it, but we're living it, so what the fuck's the point? Right, 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 right. But it is it is crazy, much like you were saying, Demolition Man basically like predicted what's going on right now. Even yeah. to the point where how Contagion. it started with a bat in Jesus. gotten into someone's food and well, spread well, from China. Bat like, soup is delicious. <laughs> but that's the thing, that's that is uh, <laughs> historically this delicious. pandemic has been if you, there's a show on Netflix that I think is like five or six years old called Pandemic, and that is very much like, hey, at some point we're gonna have this pandemic and at some point it's gonna come from bats and at some point it's gonna start in China. Like they predicted yeah, all of this. That's like, how contagion is. That's yeah, it's yeah. just that's been known and they, they just did this. And then but I think in uh, at least in that in that documentary called uh, pandemic or what i think it was called netflix they said but it's okay because you know the government has all these governing bodies like the cdc and everything that are really robust and they'll help us to do that but unfortunately our current president deleted a lot of us so (laughs) i like that they can predict down to a t that all that crazy shit will happen but the one thing no one saw coming was Trump becoming president. No, no one had that. <laughs> That's the no one that came so far in the left field. It's like, oh, shit. Other than idiocracy. We fucked up. I mean, idiocracy yeah. is the only did, one that predicted uh, did, had, But did any of these things ever actually predict, like, like uh, the self-quarantining of healthy people or social distancing? Because, like, those are the two things that I'm like, I've never Contagion heard. Contagion did. Did they? Contagion was everyone. Jesus. They did, like, a lockdown in their homes. You could only go out for, like, an hour a day. And, oh, okay. uh, yeah, it was, like... Yeah. Part of it was like his daughter was trying to sneak out to see her boyfriend, and he had to like chase him down before they touched and stuff. Like Jesus, yeah. I mean, really? they, they took. I want to watch that. I want to watch that movie. I'm telling you, it's crazy. That sounds awesome, and it's it's got a killer cast. Like but I, said, I mean, that's the thing is like you just who would have thought <laughs> like this whole. Such, I mean, even Demolition Man is like post all of it. Like yeah. like well, we don't have sex for because of all these different things, but and we don't touch hands and do germs because of all these different things. No one, I don't, I've never seen it. Sounds like Contagion is this, but I've never seen a movie that actually had you within the situation present of like day. present day. Like you have to stay in your house, you're not allowed to leave. It's whatever. Um, yeah, I, I mean that's where unprecedented is almost a cliche at this point, but it is really like this is not something I think I've ever. We, we were talking about uh, the lack of like big bu- big budget productions coming out but i bet mm-hmm. there will be a lot of independent films that come out and a yeah. lot of independent like the 
cheapest, easiest movies to make are horror movies. Yeah. How many like quarantine horror movies are going to come out yeah. about like, and some of them, th- there will be some that rise to the top. There will be a quarantine horror movie where like somebody realizes in quarantine, there's like a demon in their basement or something yeah. like that. And it's shot on like a handheld. Yeah. And it's just like, like Blair Witch Project. One person and their roommate or something like that. Yeah. But like, no. Well, the best part is people will be hard up for movies because yeah. like nothing will be made uh, for a while, but, uh, and they'll just watch anything. So, I mean, I, I think that whole thing is ultra interesting. Like what happens with that industry now that people are making movies and what rises to the top. I mean, people are getting silver lining of all of this is somebody's getting an opportunity they wouldn't have because Hollywood can't pump things out. But yeah. I actually have a, a friend who is who does production for movies. Uh, she actually worked on Endgame. She did. She's like a grip. I think she does like the um, the props and all that different stuff. Mm, yeah. And what she told me is that they're still they have to. As soon as things are open and they can make things, all these movies are going to try to make those movies as fast as possible because apparently in the movie industry, you have these licenses in these mm-hmm. location areas that they have to do it now to get some kind of tax well, they break. Lose it. Yeah, the tax they lose breaks. it. Yeah, for tax breaks specifically. So I don't know if we're going to see like nothing for a while because if those things are already in play, what No, we'll just is, see some really shitty like... Well, yeah, I think yeah, it would yeah. be awesome if like Tibbs continues to play like, like you were saying, Chris, Jaws. Yeah. yeah. I would love to go see Jaws at That was theater. me. I said that. Sorry, Mike. <laughs> I'm embarrassed. <laughs> but, you know, like these old classics, um, I think that'd be something really cool that, frankly, I've never been able to see in theaters. I yeah, think that'd be yeah. really cool. Well, it, I mean, I think... This is like, do you remember like in Battlestar Galactica when they're like, we can't use the internet, so we just have to use phones on the spaceship, and they're using like old-timey giants. <laughs> but like, that's like 22, all these kids are like used to like... All this technology and it's like you want to go see Jaws at the at drive-in, drive-in? <laughs> but like, I think that 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 would be great. I mean, that's the thing is like Tibbs. Tibbs was always I, I go to Tibbs as much as possible because they're always like we're barely hanging on, but they're such a yeah. great place to go. Get some lawn chairs, drink some beers. We went way back in the day. I remember. What did we see? Do you remember? What we I saw? have no idea. Did we go? You and I yeah. went. We stuck I... some girls in the food back seat. <laughs> <laughs> what do we see? I, 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 I have no idea. I feel this like was I, probably ten years ago. Yeah, not yeah, 10, yeah. but God, it was not damn near close. Yeah, God. I typically um, only like to see bad movies on the drive. I like to go and like, yeah. like watch a purge sequel or something like that. But I think that. That, hey, that's I the love thing the purge is like, sequels. <laughs> you bite your tongue. Tibbs is the best. <laughs> Tibbs is such a great time. I think that Tibbs should be looked at. Best, and any, best snack bar in the city. Oh, absolutely. I'm so glad you said Their that. Pizza is I, thought, I didn't want to say that just like as a fat kid, like they make the best cheeseburgers. But, oh, the girl, <laughs> yeah. the, the girl that works there, like her family owns it, and she has like the concession <laughs> sleeve tattoo. Have you seen her there? <laughs> What's a concession sleeve? Like, like she's got nachos. It's like, and... it's like let's go out to the lobby, like the walking popcorn. And Seriously? Stuff. Like she's got a tattoo, and yeah. her like her I family I, owns yeah, it. Yeah, I know. I know who you're talking about. Yeah, that sounds yeah. awesome. That's awesome. Yeah, I mean that's the thing is I hope there's silver linings of optimistic. Like, well, you know, if anything, Tibbs like blew up because of this because people weren't going to traditional theaters, and Tibbs is just this literally the. What if they? What if, what if we just start making more drive-in theaters? That's great. Like that's, that's great. Like the, and wouldn't that be great if that's what we go to? I used to have a drive-in theater in the, my hometown, which I grew up in Brownsburg, and then when we started doing when Indiana started doing the time change, and then all of a sudden it was dark until like ten o'clock at night in yeah. the summer times. Didn't even last into the summer because mm. it's just too. It's, too late for families to watch two movies if they, if they can't start till ten fifteen. Yeah, and yeah. That, that's the thing about that model is like if you go there, you got to you really invested yeah. in in a drive in because it's like you have the first movie which is not the movie you want to see. They always put the movie that you kind of want to see in the beginning, and the movie you want to see doesn't start until like eleven. And it's even if you're if you're going to a kids movie, you know, like I want to see ants, but before that I see ants, I have to see I don't know what stupid movie came around. How that much time. is a drive in movie cost? 
like 10 bucks a person. It's like really it's cheap. It's, yeah. I think it's cheaper than even on like but a regular theater. Last time I went, you had to, I mean, maybe they have an app now or something, but you had to dial your car radio. To like yeah. A yeah, yeah, yeah. I like that But a then lot. if it was idling, I had to, it, my car would just like shut off every 15 minutes. But they have like, a, what's cool about that now is they give you a little instruction sheet that you can actually leave your car off. And they, it even okay. says... Because mine kept dying. It was like every 15 minutes, I'd have to turn it back on. Yeah, it got, yeah. It got really annoying. That's what I was worried about. I'm like, I can't just like leave my radio on. My battery will die. Yeah. And they actually give you instruction like, uh, okay, cool. if your car was made for this time, here's what you do and here's how this uh, works, which is super cool. Nice. And that's the things like, thinking about drive-ins, is like it used to be weather-related, but you can go in the dead of winter. It doesn't matter. You're in your car the whole time. Right. It's not. It's not like what it used to be, where you have to have the big metal. Yeah. I don't know if Max Boots remember this. I, Dyke, I know you do. We used to have that oh, big, clip it on the yeah, that big yeah. monster you put on your window, and it was tinny, and it sounded like it was coming. From it a sounded terrible. Yeah. 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 The the fun of the drive in to me is like I don't want to be in the car at all though. I, like I want to be sitting in the lawn chair, yeah. cooler beer outside. Yeah. yeah. Those are the people in. that my parents were like, look at those assholes. <laughs> I'm, my parents I'm, were, I'm one of those assholes. My parents were real judgy about that. Like, look at those people sitting outside their car like a bunch of jerks. Yeah, you put a blanket on something, uh, take a nap. I, I feel like you were allowed, as a child, you were allowed to, like, play in the playground under the, the screen. Were you allowed to, like, did you go there as a kid and you were allowed to, like, play on that? Because they, they always, there's always, like, the swing set in the playground, like, under Somewhere, one of the yeah. screens. Yeah, that's where the COVID lives now. Yeah, we we <laughs> weren't, even back in the day, my parents were like, you can't go on that that's swing That's patient set. zero. Yeah, they, they, had, they had to bury that playground like Chernobyl. Yeah, that was <laughs> it, like, just listen, line people, it with lead. People won't come here if they see those slides. Tear down the slide, get the slide out of that's here. the reason the employees all have lumps on their faces. <laughs> Max Boots, thank you so much for being on the program today. Thank you for having me last minute. This has been fun. <laughs> <laughs> that's, what you, that's what we call a callback, kids. Uh, <laughs> heard of that. Uh, is there anything you would like to plug here at the end of the podcast? Um, just like we talked towards the beginning, check yeah. out USBG Indianapolis and the Indie um, Independent Restaurant Relief. Um, kind of see what we're doing, especially if any industry folks are listening and need assistance. We are here to help, um, and we're going to keep on doing this. For uh, for as long as we can, and and hopefully even after we start opening um, at you know twenty five fifty percent, as long as people need help, we have the funds to to provide it. Awesome, thanks for having me. And then, are you gonna stick around for the post podcast? Be like another half an hour of the post podcast where we will get into uh, stories of you and I being roommates. So oh, talk about. Like- I guess I have to stick around. <laughs> the, the old flop house. <laughs> That's right. That's right. I'm so excited. Uh, Mike Dyke spent a few, quite a few nights there. Um, One of my, honestly, I have like five really good stories from that place where we, you and I lived. And I think the Dyke story is my number one story about when you and I one? were out of town oh, yes. for the holidays. You know exactly what I'm talking I do. about. I do. And I hope, maybe we can get Dyke to tell us that story because I can't, <laughs> I can't tell that story. I can't do it the way that, that There's Dyke There's so many it. other stories as well. If you that man, that was crazy. Like a bag of shoes thrown out the window. <laughs> <laughs> there's, there's all kinds. I really, I mean, I really hope, I would like to, what I'd like to plug is the post podcast where Dyke is going to tell a story about that time uh, where you threw a pair of underpants out the window. And I, I really I hope I can get you to tell that window. story. Yes, guys. Every time, stick around for the Afterburns <laughs> podcast. We'll be dropping it later in the week, but it's always good. Uh, always listen to the original podcast first. 
Yeah, absolutely. And then the last thing I would plug is we have a postie we didn't drop this week, but we will drop that. Actually, uh, for people listening to this podcast, they get an extra bonus episode at the same time. So post uh, with Alex Price, post podcast mm-hmm. is coming out on the same day as this actual episode. So if you listen to this episode with Max Boots and, and, and Dyke and I talking and you're like, I just got to get one more. We actually have the post podcast with Alex Price is coming out the exact same day. Tua. Yep. Yep. <laughs> All right. <laughs> See you guys next time. Yeah. <laughs> Bye. <laughs>